Yes. Yes. Did he love sleeping with two, three, four, five, yes, five, women at a time in precisely choreographed orgies? Yes. Did he love strip clubs and hookers and house calls from exotic dancers with names like Bambi and Cherry and Saucy? Yes, yes, yes. Was he loyal to his football team? Undeniably. Throughout the cowboy reign of the 1990s, which started with a laughable 1-15 season in 1989 and resulted in three Super Bowl victories in four years, no one served as a better teammate, as a better role model, than Michael Irvin. He was first to the practice field in the morning, the last to leave at night. He wore weighted pads atop his shoulders to build muscle and refused to depart the complex before catching 50 straight passes without a drop. Twelve years after the fact, an undrafted free agent quarterback named Scott Stempenfelter still recalled Zervin begging him to throw slants following practice on a hundred-degree day in 1995. In the middle of the workout, Mike literally threw up on himself as he ran a route, says Stempenfelter. Most guys would put their hands on their knees and say, screw this, and call it a day. Not Michael. He got back to the spot, ran another route, and caught the ball. That was Irvin. Determined, driven, a hundred-mile-per-hour car on a fifty-mile-per-hour track, chunks of vomit dripping from his jersey. Following the lead of their star-wide receiver, Cowboy players and coaches out-practiced, out-hustled, out-everythinged every other team in the National Football League. Sure, the Cowboys of the 1990s were bursting with talent, from quarterback Troy Aikman and running back Emmett Smith to defensive backs Deion Sanders and Darrell Woodson, but it was an unrivaled intensity that made Dallas special. During drills, Irvin would see a teammate slack off and angrily lecture, Don't be a fucking pussy! Be a fucking soldier. Be my soldier. And he would challenge defensive backs to rise to the highest level. Bitch, cover me, he'd taunt Sanders or Kevin Smith. Come on, bitch. Come on, bitch. Come on. When the play ended, he'd offer a quick pat on the rear. Nice job, brother. Now do it again. Irvin was the number one reason the Cowboys won Super Bowls in 1992, 93, and 95. And everybody on the team knew it. The man just never stopped, says Hubbard Alexander, the Dallas wide receivers coach. He was only about winning. And yet, there Michael Irvin stood on July 29, 1998, staring down at a new low. The scissors, the skin, the blood, the gagging teammate. That morning, a Dallas-based barber named Vinny had made the two-and-a-half-hour drive to Midwestern State University in Wichita Falls, Texas, where the team held its training camp. He set up a chair inside a first-floor room in the Cowboys' dormitory, broke out the scissors and buzzers, and chopped away one refrigerator-sized head after another. After a defensive back named Charlie Williams finished receiving his cut, McIver jumped into the chair. It was his turn. Although only the most diehard of Dallas Cowboy fans had heard of him, Everett McIver was no rookie. Not in football, and certainly not in life. Born and raised in Fayetteville, North Carolina, McIver played at Division II Elizabeth City State as a defensive lineman. He was the type of player NFL coaches and personnel experts find intriguing. Huge, overlooked, bursting with untapped potential, 
and most important, hungry. As a 21-year-old college junior, MacIver and his girlfriend had a daughter, Morquisha. Fatherhood was a monumental lifestyle change for the football star. As teammates focused their attentions toward dorm bashes and cute co-eds, MacIver was rushing home after practices to change diapers and cuddle with his baby girl. In myriad ways, MacIver was the most fulfilled he had ever been. When Marquisha reached three months, however, doctors determined that she was suffering from an irregular heartbeat, and further tests revealed that the infant had two left ventricles and none on her right side. Shortly thereafter, Marquisha MacIver died in surgery. Ever since then, there's not too much that can deter me, MacIver said. Nothing can keep me out or hold me down. In 1993, the San Diego Chargers signed MacIver as a rookie free agent. He was cut several months later. Signed